Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pale in Comparison, a proud member of the Doof Network. In this podcast, my sister uses her knowledge of the otherverse to take a look at Pact, Wildbow's least appreciated work, and I try to not give away any spoilers. I'm Jenny, and Malia convinced me to read Worm. I'm Malia, and Jenny convinced me to read everything else. This episode, we are covering Collateral, chapters 4.5 and 4.6. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to issue a spoiler warning. This podcast is filled with pale spoilers. If you don't know whether Big G actually falls to winter and don't want us to tell you, stop now, read Pale, and come back to this podcast. As for Pact, there will be full spoilers through the chapters we are covering. All right. We know everyone's been curious. So we're here to talk about Pale Conflections and the results of the fan art contest. Woo! All right. Um... So, let me see. Should we say runner-up or first place first? What do you think? We could have talked about this before we started recording, but... We should have talked. It's too late. <laughs> it's too late. All right. I mean... Whatever you feel. All right. Let's say the runner-up, because okay. it leads more suspense, you know, yes. even though it's only, like, a few seconds. Da-da-da-da-da-da. The runner-up. What was... That was... I can't never... Sorry. That's fine. I tried. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, A for effort. It's fine. Um, <laughs> our runner-up is... Steven MVS with Just Vibin, which is a fantastic piece of art um, with Lucy and her bro listening and vibing to some music. It's pretty sweet. They just look so peaceful. I really, I yeah, I love this one a lot. Really weirdly peaceful for what song looks like it's playing. Right, something kind of creepy. It's like Carmi- by the Carmine Killers, <laughs> I think it's that on there. Just like, yeah, this is like super peaceful. But you know what? I mean, they're just they're just vibing. They're vibing. That's 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 just it. Yep. <laughs> and we are super excited to announce um the first place winner of Pale Complexions is Aquila with Yay! And Justice for All. Which Which is delightful. It's so fucking good, y'all. It's um it's really adorable. It's Liberty in America doing that's their right. thing. Which I just feel, I mean, it doesn't really make sense because I know it doesn't actually have anything to do with America, but I just feel more patriotic <laughs> looking at it, you know? Definitely. I'm just not like, America, America fuck yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much for everyone who participated <laughs> in both the submitting and the voting. Um, there's a post up on doofmedia.com with, I think, the images... Um, okay, full disclosure, we're actually recording this before Elliot puts up the post, so I don't know what's on the post, but I'm He's sure it's putting something. wonderful. Thank I'm you, Elliot, trying. for all of your work. Yeah. So if he doesn't put the images, I mean, you know, just know that are bad, but I mean, it would have been a really great idea to right. put the images Next up, time, Elliot, you know, put the images. You know, but it's it's okay. You know, we all we all learn yeah. you know, from mistakes. Yeah. Uh, this was really, really fun, and we hope to do it again. Um, and have it be like a quarterly thing. We're going to do something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like seeing everyone's artistic talent. Um, Definitely. I, I'll, I come up with, you know, stuff in my brain that I think would look cool. But if I try to put it to paper, it's just like being in kindergarten trying to draw <laughs> with my left hand, you know, it's just, and I'm right-handed just, you yeah. know, it's yeah. not going to, it's not going to come out nice, but <laughs> you know, um, 
You know, we're very <laughs> impressed by all of your talent and vision. Yes, I'm impressed as heck. <laughs> all right. Now we're going to get to our podcast. All right. Quick summary of what we're going to go over. Um, Blake and Rose set up a deal with the imp to be finalized later in the day. Um, Blake ends up heading to the university in the meantime to try and form an alliance with Isadora. Um, unfortunately, miserably fails um, <laughs> and Rose disappears. He runs into Tiffany um, and has a coffee date after heading home uh, to repair and still not seeing Rose anywhere. Blake is forced to meet up with the imp on his own. So we'll start with Blake and Rose negotiated a tentative deal with the imp and agreed to meet up later to finalize it. Um, yeah, this part was really interesting um, and pretty funny. I'd, I'd kind of heard something about the pig Latin thing before, so it was fun getting to it and being able to experience like the actual context. Oh, um, did you really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was like an accident in the Discord that I noticed it. I think even before we started this podcast, oh. but I, I didn't really remember it until it was like, until reading it. And then I was like, ah, ha, ha, ha. I've totally <laughs> seen that before. Um, so that was pretty funny. Um, the fact that he doesn't know Pig Latin is funny, but it also makes sense that like, that's not a important language to know, really. Like, I feel like, you know, once you're done with your preteen years, it's not really relevant to anyone's <laughs> yeah. life. Um, so it makes sense that he wouldn't have necessarily picked it up from any of his hosts or whatever. Um, but yeah, that that was a really good comedy beat. And then another one was like immediately after where he's like, I don't know this language or whatever. And Blake's like, for real? And <laughs> for real, Pow said deadly serious. Like, it's just like so fucking funny. For real? For real. Like... <laughs> But honestly, this this chapter was, this whole section is just kind of a buzzkill. I mean, I talked about how in, like, the 4.1 chapter where it kind of recontextualized Miss Lewis and how she dealt with, I don't know if that's the right word, but, like, treated or thought about Blake. And then mm-hmm. this whole, these whole two chapters is just, like, okay, Blake stood near a demon and talked to it and for the entire rest of the day like the radiation or whatever is following him around like mm-hmm. Blake can't ever have a pet like Blake can't ever like have friends or a girlfriend or anything because like if he's or he just has to like never do the practice again which is I think a thing maybe or like never I don't know they're just it sucks a lot and it's not his fault and this whole thing was just a bummer like yeah, the influence that this imp has had on all these animals and all these humans, and it's like, oh, they'll never be normal again. And it's just like, where are the like, where are the angels? Like, where's the opposite of these things? Just kind of like running around and like making everyone's lives like incredibly fucking amazing. Like, it feels like there should be like the universe is stupid. The balance shouldn't be the people who do this have shitty karma. The balance should be there are fucking angels running around like blessing the shit out of people. Mm. or something yeah i mean well we haven't seen anything so we don't know exactly what's going on on that end right so that's fair i mean there's nothing like that so far in pale (laughs) um i mean angels do seem like a 
deus ex machina sort of thing maybe but hmm. they don't have to be i mean these demons aren't necessarily going to be all powerful it's just i don't know this is just like a huge bummer um but it's just like i don't quite remember why like i know blake has to reduce the debt but i don't remember what happens to him if he doesn't is he like forsworn or something like i don't remember what the deals with the contract were like i feel like he should just like i mean it's hard because he attracts so much bullshit Mm -hmm. but if he could just sit and not really practice like it seems like there are a decent amount of practitioners who sort of stop practicing um and i mean they can't ever lie again or whatever but if blake just like could never interact with demons ever again um that would be great because it seems like he's i mean he he literally talked to this dude for what like five minutes and dogs tried to attack him and this girl like you know freaked out at this sphinx and like people just started getting into fucking fights like it was just like this is too much (laughs) yeah it was bad yeah um and like i'm wondering if it's just like like why i mean i guess it's just like the ancestral thing that he inherited because i'm kind of like okay blake literally just talked to this demon thingy like presumably people who are like actively hunting and fighting these demon thingies or whatever aren't fucked just by being around it but maybe they are does everything just suck this much like what if you're do you like think there's this is kind of just out of curiosity just from you saying that do you think there's a lot of people that are trying to hunt down and fight demons um no <laughs> um i mean so demons are like really powerful really scary really bad and then also like practitioners are selfish and shitty um like, I got really upset thinking about how all these powerful practitioners and others in Toronto knew about the whole, like, goblin shit show party fest thing that destroyed Maggie's town. And, like, you know, there was one dude who my best guess was he was, like, somehow leveraging Forsworn Karma magic because his <laughs> he just sucked so bad. Um, <laughs> like, trying to do something about it. And no one else like the but then there's like in pale there's people like zed and um maybe jessica like who i think there were people who wanted to stop the choir before the Kenneteers existed you know mm-hmm. um and there's like the whole weird complicated thing about witch hunters that we're currently experiencing in pale and have seen a little bit of impact Mm -hmm. um like i mean it seems like demons are relatively rare and i don't know that anyone would necessarily like be like yep i'm gonna go fight demons but it seems like someone should (laughs) i don't know so back to this chapter (laughs) (laughs) so so many feelings (laughs) Um, that's all right yeah i think that um rose i mean I, I don't know rose is great i love when she takes i mean it's it feels weird like 
sometimes when she kind of takes over because like Blake is the protagonist like Blake is the point of view character and so Mm -hmm. it's interesting when like that gets kind of taken when like I mean so often it is Blake rushing into dumb situations but Mm -hmm. it's also that like when interacting with others Blake isn't at the center of things um he's like rose's vessel um and it's interesting having because like i was thinking about oh like rose keeps fucking getting captured like she's this like damsel locked in this mirror and like that sucks but then like when we're interacting with others blake is just like a meat bag like blake just like carries rose around and you know like like the others aren't really interacting with him and that's Mm -hmm. really fascinating um to have your protagonist almost as a spectator of a lot of the scenes because like this thing with paws or pows or whatever it's like poos poos he's just like talking to rose right he's not talking to blake and rose you know occasionally says things to blake but it's just like you know oh like my companion blah 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 and when blake exercises like agency i guess and like leaves the circle um at both it, like it really surprised rose and pals which um i guess we'll get to in a little bit but like i really loved that moment it was a really cool um power move um but anyway seeing rose doing cool stuff is awesome and i think the time limit thing is really clever and also like really fucked like really like morally bankrupt but also like what can anyone do (laughs) (laughs) i don't know but just like like even conquest shouldn't have a demon sicked on him um even if it's not a real demon and even if there's a chance that conquest could conquer that demon like that's not better um (laughs) (laughs) and it just Rose seems much, I mean, we've talked about this before too, but Rose seems much more willing to uh, make immoral decisions to save herself and Blake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that Grandma Rose has sort of programmed her with. Um, mm. Like, I would put Rose, like, I don't know that I'd necessarily, if I was doing a D&D alignment thingy for Rose, I don't think I'd put her in good. Like, I definitely wouldn't put her in evil, but I think I might put her in neutral. I think she's willing to do things that aren't necessarily great. I don't know. I don't know anything about D&D alignment stuff, um, so I'm going to take your word oh, on that. it's great. Okay. It's a, it's a square. There's nine squares in the big square. So the columns... Oh, is that like those random graphs that, that like, chaotic good and like it's it's like so it's lawful neutral chaotic and then good neutral evil Mm. right so i think like i think that blake is chaotic good and i think that rose is maybe like true neutral i don't really know i mean i think she's like a good person and D &D alignment is not perfect and also i think they might actually be discontinuing it which is fascinating but it's fun to think about sometimes Hmm. That's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, oh, but then Rose, like Rose, usually is like on top of shit, 
and is usually pretty good with words and shit. Mm-hmm. And we've just had, like, we had evidence in the first arc that Patrick can reach through the mirror to touch her, right? And then we, like, literally just got away from a dude who pulled her out of that mirror and put shackles on her. And her negotiation with this demon is don't hurt my companion. Like, what the fuck, Rose? Like, why not include yourself? There's no fucking harm in being like, don't hurt either of us, lol. And she's literally like, promise the safety of my companion when he leaves this circle. And it's like, God damn it, Rose. What the fuck are you doing? Like, I, like that tripped me up the first time I read it where I was like, wait, why? But then I was like, oh, it's really fine or something. And like, it wasn't Leah. Like, I trust a lot of things <laughs> often to be okay and to go well. Because sometimes in books, you know, just like little things, you kind of like are like, oh, what's going on? Like, um, I, I mean, y'all have heard the like rabbit holes and like weird shit I can like really get attached to. Um, mm-hmm. When I was still catching up on Pale, there's a chapter where Verona's complaining about how hot it is. Um, and a thing in the Wheel of Time is, like, the weather is important and all the characters will really harp on, like, oh, it's so hot, blah, 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 blah. And so I was, like, convinced that some, like, crazy weather magic was happening. And Jenny <laughs> oh, yeah, was like, please stop talking about this. Like, <laughs> this is not happening. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> so I can really get caught up on, like, little things. And so I let this one go and I shouldn't have let this one go. Because goddamn it, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> hard to know if you're gonna have a chocolate bar situation or not you know yeah you're familiar with that reference mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. okay just making sure i was like i thought you listened to that um <laughs> if any of you are not um go listen to um we've got ward Woo! i don't remember which episode it was but there's I an remember instance- the scene <laughs> yes byron and the chocolate bar byron and the chocolate bar. matt has a real like he gets real suspicious <laughs> pretty great so <laughs> uh, um yeah okay um but yeah like I, I mentioned this earlier but blake leaves the circle right which was a really great power move but also like it just felt like these two really get each other and really support each other um because like this reminded me of the shackle moment with rose where she grabs the shackle and puts it on herself um Mm -hmm. realizing that blake couldn't like blake leaves the circle when pows calls her out Mm -hmm. being like oh you know like i could just i don't have to promise his safety like we could just leave you there like whatever it doesn't even matter you're like this little girl afraid of me hiding in the circle or whatever and blake's response and like he's the one physically present there although it's very heavily implied at the end of next chapter that Rose was not safe from Pows. Um, But Blake leaves the circle to like give weight to what Rose was saying, which was like so fucking great and like a solid move. Good job, Blake. Like, Mm -hmm. I always, I just, I think of them as siblings. I'm like, yeah, you stand up for your sister. And it's like, that's weird, but okay. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I guess that's what we could call her. Um, (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But then, and then Rose is talking. Oh, and she's like, you know, about to say a name of one of the demons of the fifth circle of the blur, blur, blur. Um, the blur, blur, blur. 
Yeah, and I was like, because she says like a syllable, and I'm like, was she just, was she gonna actually say a name? Does she know any of the names? Like, she reads a lot. Um, she's also good at bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what would really suck? Hmm. Like, especially, like, if you're a diabolist, diabolist, like, especially, like, um, one, like, the Thorburn family, you know, where they've been in it for generations, mm-hmm. and you got all this knowledge because you've read up a bunch of stuff, it really suck if you're a sleep talker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, the universe would not care that you didn't mean it. Oh hell no! Consciously anything it like would not at all care. Wow, that sucks. Well, Wild Bo, write us a story, please, or somebody write a story about a practitioner who sleep talks. Because my God, <laughs> yeah, like what happens if you like you're lying and you're like you're telling lies in your sleep, or like I mean, especially the diabolists. Like if you call a demon, okay. First of all, what a fucking rude awakening that is, <laughs> and. <laughs> Like, do you just have to, yeah, I'm like, how wh- how would you prevent that? Could, I, maybe you could do some weird practice to prevent you from sleep talking, but what if you didn't know that you slept talked until it's too late, and then you, know, you got this motherfucker, like, bringing down, like, the sky on you and shit, you know? Yeah. Well, like, yeah, because I don't think I normally sleep talk, and I'm not even sure that I technically really do, but um, my boyfriend mentioned... A month or two ago, that I like rolled over and started like mumbling things, like kind of nonsense, but like woke him up and stuff. Like I don't think they were necessarily even real words, but like that would suck so bad. <laughs> exactly, because you know it just has to be a real word to, you know, in a language or something, right? Mm. What if it's a what if it's a demon name you didn't know, <laughs> and then you just said it? Mm. Like I mean, you have to say it like seven times, but like. Depending on what kind of weird, weird ass dream you're having, you know, if you're just mumbling the same shit over and over. That's so interesting. Well, hmm. Now I'm wondering if just like people, just like practitioners, could accidentally call a demon without meaning to. Ever. Hmm. Maybe, but I mean, they'd have to know the names. Mm-hmm. Or at least most likely. I mean I don't know. I could see it if like <laughs> if someone if if like dabblism was real, you know, mm-hmm. and someone was listening mm-hmm. to our podcast and they listened to us being like, Here is the dawning of the age <laughs> of Ornias. <laughs> I could see them like uh just, you know, in their sleep or just like subconsciously like you like age of or night, and then like oh fuck, <laughs> are bad to any of you practitioners out there. Um, so that's sorry. really so. This is what I'm saying. Okay, this is really the way <laughs> that like if you're evil and trying to spread that shit, this is like they're do they're going about this like the wrong way. You know, all they got to do is like set up like a fake company, come up with some really fucking annoying jingles. <laughs> Okay, just like the like um, eight seven seven cash now, which I'm sorry now, like everyone's like fuck you, Jenny. <laughs> Be singing that forever. Um, 
but yeah, just, you know, get, get, get a really annoying jingle. And then everyone's going to be like, at least occasionally, like being like, I don't know, like, meow, 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 meow. Um, you know, you're going to do something like that. Um, and it's going to be said plenty of times. I don't know. What do you think, Malia? I think that's brilliant. Um, this reminds me of Good Omens um, and Crowley's theory of like collecting souls, which I don't know if you've read or seen that, Jenny, but you really should. I've not. Um, the the TV show, it's almost like a mini series. It's like six or eight episodes or something on it's on Amazon Prime. It's real good. Um, but he like does stuff to try to make highways into the shape of like d- demonic symbols to release just like a little bit of bad energy every time like people drive over it and he ties up phone lines to make people angry and like just make everyone a little bit more upset it's like really brilliant but i agree <laughs> they should have like a like a shitty talk radio station um where they have a bunch of really annoying radio jingles like the thing is it wouldn't TV even ads. yeah like it wouldn't be hard and like because there's ads everywhere like pervasive annoying ads like on youtube you just stick it in one of those you know like you don't have ad blogger well you're gonna get this <laughs> demon jingle okay here's a demon jingle here's a demon jingle it's <laughs> uh, brilliant it is i mean and really what's more evil than like those pop-up video ads right <laughs> Like when you're just minding your own business, going to some random website or going, I don't know, going about your day, then you get this annoying ass pop up video that, of course, the X, like, they've got like a fake X in one corner that, like, caused you to go to the actual <gasps> yeah, website. Oh, and then those are me. It's like, oh, you guys are like, maybe, I mean, maybe they're the real diabolists. <laughs> okay. Cause, like, that's just evil. Come on, guys. Like, just give us a little bit of peace in our lives. We don't know. Just like all these ads just like just suffocating us to death, you know? So that's my thought. Thoughts on that. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like with that, I'm ready to move on to the next little part. All right. Um, next part. Um, Blake. Um, basically, after all that, um, he goes to the university, um, attempts to reach out to Isadora, um, and when he, shortly after he gets to the university, he realizes he's being followed by a somewhat sizable group. Yeah, um, there are just little sentences in Pact that I don't understand sometimes, and I'm not sure if it's, like, Wild Bo was a newer author, or I'm not as good of a reader, or I just, like, don't fucking get Blake sometimes. But, like, so he's going to visit the Sphinx and they're going to, like, do the mutiny or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, like, thinking about going and seeing the Sphinx. And he's, like, odds were good she wouldn't be there. But that was ideal. And I was, like, literally, what are you talking about? Like, I mean, the odds are good she wouldn't be there maybe because professors fuck off and do other shit a lot of the time or whatever but like why would that be ideal like if you're not going to see her why are you here um go back to your warded apartment like what the fuck are you doing um wha- 
I just I don't get that sentence. Yeah, I was trying to go over it. I don't remember. Uh, like it's like maybe he was like gonna like sneak into her office and look around or like plant something in there. That's a bad idea though. Don't fucking sneak into a like super powerful other's shit. Um, like, but like, there's no discussion of that being what he wanted to do. So this sentence is just kind of, I didn't I mean, get it. Maybe he was hoping he'd run into some of her followers. It's like, maybe he was like, they'll be easier to kind of convince. Maybe. Does she have followers? I mean, I, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, she's got like, I guess just it could just be her. Grad students. <laughs> just, just, yeah, just grad students. Uh, that'd be really funny. I mean, what is, she's a professor of like philosophy or something. And ethics, which is yeah. fucking funny. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, she probably has some grad students. She's got some grad students. So he was hoping <laughs> to run into the grad students. And just be like, hey, guys, like, this is real important. I need some help um, with this with this stuff. And yeah. you have to do it in a way to where he wouldn't be sketchy somehow. When he's radiating demon. So. He could try. True. <laughs> yeah. But Blake is there because he's chosen to be there for reasons. And... There's people following him, and I didn't figure this out at all, <laughs> um, which was kind of embarrassing on a reread because it's just like, oh, they're drunk. Like, oh, look at look at the amount of drinking that they're doing. Wow. <laughs> to be fair, it is a college campus. Yeah. So it's I mean, a good place for them, I suppose. That is a great place. I mean, um, yeah, I thought maybe they. Well, I, so I thought it was going to be. Like, I thought it was a red herring. I thought it was going to be a fake out. Like, I thought they mm. were just some people and Blake was just, like, going to freak the fuck out and it wasn't going to be anything. Like, I wasn't... Uh-huh. And, like, with the girls, I wasn't entirely sure. Like, they seemed, like... But I was like, oh, maybe they just think he's hot. Like, I just, like, wasn't sure, but it didn't... I was kind of like, oh, I bet this is, like, some weird fake out. And then it was like... Nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was pretty but good. I, yeah, I thought. I guess I just sort of thought that Jeremy was just going to like leave him alone. Um, I'm not really sure what their plan was, or if they were like specifically sent there to fuck with him, or if they were just like he he he. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe they. I mean, I could see them. I could see it either way because, like, mm-hmm. you also could see it like it's probably a prime spot to hang out because, again, it's a university and like drunk people, you know. Like, sure, you might say that there's not a lot of people hanging out drunk off their ass in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say most of the time you're right. But, but not to all differ. the time. <laughs> but not all the time. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you do get little packs of drunk people running around. Yeah. At least at some colleges. I know I went to one of them. Also, I just realized... There's not snow in Toronto. Um, I guess, well, because there was definitely snow in Jacobs. There was definitely snow a week ago, right? Uh-huh. And there's not any more, which is totally possible. 
Um, I was just kind of like, because it's summer now, right? In real life. And so I was like, oh, it's like summer. Like, there's not many people here. But no, it's not summer at all. Like, it was snowing a week ago. <laughs> and I'm kind of trying to figure out, like, is this the middle? Of, like, has the semester started? Is this the middle of the semester? Like, I don't know. Like, why are the only people on this campus at, like, you know, late morning a group of people who want to fuck Blake up? And Tiffany. There you go. That's another thing, which this is not a good idea in general, but like alcohol makes you warmer. So I thought it doesn't. Uh, like, like, let me let me rephrase. I didn't rephrase that well. It makes you feel warmer. Uh-huh. It makes you feel like the cold's not bothering you. Yeah, in actuality, it makes you colder. It's more likely <laughs> to make you to freeze to death. So not a good idea to just load up on a bunch of whiskey um, if you're in the middle of nowhere and you're freezing um it'll make you feel more comfortable as you're freezing to death i guess but i'm being a little more dramatic with my words i mean hopefully you wouldn't be in a situation like that with your where your only survival gear is whiskey (laughs) um but you never know people get into some weird shit um but yeah yep yep yepers all right. Um, Blake ends up running into Tiffany um, as he's kind of trying to get away from this group of drunk hooligans. Um, they talk and walk, um, her being completely oblivious for a while to the group tailing them because she's so into Blake. Um, and he <laughs> asks her out for some coffee. Um, so I didn't expect her, um, but this was really delightful. I was really happy. Um, I, I really, really like her. She's very cute and sweet. And um, this was really fun. It was fun balancing the like practice and otherworldly ridiculousness of what was going on with like, oh, here's a girl and she has a crush on me. And I don't like it was just like funny. Um, I feel like I don't really remember if Blake is aware of innocence, um, like the concept of innocence and that he shouldn't tell people about the practice. Um, I can't remember if he's been instructed in that yet um but i thought this was like pretty funny and um yeah yeah it's kind of sweet <laughs> yeah um i also sometimes when i'm reading a story like the character will kind of be doing something or talking about something and i'll try like i will try that thing and i feel like it doesn't necessarily work as well like uh-huh if I was doing the peripheral vision thing where I like turned and looked at a person to try to like see what was behind me, you know, like I couldn't see like, oh, there were five dudes and blah, blah, blah. Like I like I feel like that wouldn't work for me very well, <laughs> but yeah. it was um, kind of clever. It helped raise the tension a lot. It helped keep track of both things that were happening. Um and I also feel like if I was walking next to a dude and he kept like turning his entire head to face me, like that'd be weird. And I liked that visual. <laughs> That's true. I mean, <laughs> I guess she was looking at the ground a lot. So, he, if she, you know, <laughs> uh, I love it. Um, uh, but yeah, but- I, um, I wonder, like, Tiffany 
is attracted to him and is kind of awkward and stuff herself. But I wonder like how fucking neurotic Blake seems um, with like yeah. the head turning and the like coffee and the like, you know, like, all of that <laughs> stuff. Coffee! Like, because often in your mind, <laughs> things are a lot more like a lot like Tiffany kind of embodies this next chapter where she's like, oh, I was eating a donut really slowly and stuff like a lot of the times the things going on in your head aren't being noticed very much by the people around you. Mm-hmm. But Blake doesn't seem quite as aware of what other people perceive of him. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if Tiffany's like, what the fuck is going on? Or if she's just like, oh, okay. I mean, I'm going to be real with you. Like on my, on my read of her, um, I feel like she comes across as so self-conscious and so like kind of worried about making, I don't know, like kind of shy and like, worried about making a good impression and all that stuff herself and again i mean i was joking but she really was looking at the ground a lot i don't right. i mean i don't think she fucking noticed it's not like she was like hey like that's a bunch of people following you like are you <laughs> you know those guys you know so like i feel like right, she, she's so yeah. into him um and just like kind of nervous about making a good impression she honestly didn't notice any of that crap um and on that note she must really freaking like him to still like not be subconsciously swayed by the demonness that he's radiating, right? Well, I mean, it affects her a little bit, right? But not towards him, you know? Like That's true. I'm trying to think of other people interacting with Blake. Um At least I mean, the dog. dog the dog fucking can't deal. But I think that the dog like um, Briar Girl said that like dogs and like the animals can tell like they can sense it um, uh-huh. I kind of got the feeling that innocence would be affected by the radiation a bit but they wouldn't be able to like it like because she snaps at the sphinx because the sphinx says like oh you smell and she's like he doesn't smell that's so you're such a bitch you know um, yeah. because like she doesn't sense that in the same way it's just kind of affecting her yeah Um, but you also would think like the closer you get to him the more you're gonna get the effect of it even if he mm -hmm. can't quite tell where it's coming from and so i just i mean and he didn't really interact like one-on-one with a lot of innocence really like Mm -hmm. even with like the dog people you try to get away from that Mm -hmm. um so i feel like if people are getting fights around him just from that it's not too much of a stretch to be like if he actually tried to interact with people um, they probably would have gotten real aggressive towards him. That's what I was would assume, at least. Right, you're right. Um, yeah, kind of bouncing off of that, I I feel like one of the chapters, maybe even the first chapter we talked about in this whole podcast. Um, you were like, "Why are these people such assholes?" Or maybe it was the Rose Grandma Rose interlude or something. But it's mm-hmm. just like like this ch- these two chapters are doing a really amazing job of like showing exactly what the demon influence does and it's like Mm -hmm. oh your family sucks so bad because their mom was like a world-class diabolist for their entire fucking lives like like, these people (laughs) could have maybe been better and it's kind of shocking that they don't all fucking suck and it's like interesting because i wonder 
I wonder if the radiation like sticks to other people. So for instance, like all of Rose Grandma Rose's kids fucking suck, right? Um but some of her grandchildren are cool. Um mm-hmm. and and none of them really live in Jacob's Bell like Molly and them only moved there I feel like relatively recently. Um and so I wonder if like the parents suck because of the radiation, but like if you know that radiation didn't necessarily transfer to their children. Um mm. And a lot of their issues are like their parents suck. Um, but yeah, it was just it, like, I feel like Wild was doing a really, really good job. These two chapters of like really spelling this out and making it clear in a way that I hadn't quite been understanding before. Um, in terms of like how this impacts people. Um, and it's made me like kind of reevaluate some of the stuff from earlier on. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So basically, they get up to uh, Isadora's place, try to go inside, get stopped by the drunk hooligan dudes, and then Isadora comes out. She basically yeah. comes to the rescue, <laughs> but uh, ends up declining, starting an alliance, and Rose ends up disappearing. Yeah, it was kind of funny. She didn't even really let Blake talk. She was just like, no, leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the the windows thing was really interesting because Blake says, like, two windows broke. And, I mean, this is a thing we've seen Rose do before. Um, yeah. And I'm like, why would she break two? Um, I'm kind of thinking, especially because Isadora says a window was broken. Um, meaning, like, one window was broken, I kind of think that, like, Rose panicked trying to save Blake, breaks a window, and, like, that's when she's taken, um, Mm -hmm. and that, like, the second window wasn't really a window, it was something else about the dream window mirror escape thingy something, and because herself was so diminished because of that exertion of power, like, the demon people or the conquest people or the whoever people like got uh-huh. in there and took her huh. at that moment. Okay. Um Yeah. Um but yeah, it was pretty f- interesting. I was surprised by how quickly the Sphinx or Isadora shuts Blake down. Um I was imagining a conversation or something. I don't know. Like I just she's just like, nope, leave. Like <laughs> Yeah. Um I guess it's like there could be spies and stuff around, but also, like, why would Isadora align herself with the man with, like, as shit karma as you can get without being forsworn, who has no power sources and is, like, very much controlled by, like, the Lord of Toronto? Like, it just seems like she seems like she's yeah. doing fine. And, yeah. <laughs> and he positively reeks. It's like if some dude. Right. It's like if you fell into like a sewer and you were covered in like human excrement and would you still try to go to that job interview? Or would you try to still go like to that <laughs> business meeting and or do you think you would be have that other person would be like no, please get go. the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Leave immediately. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> I think that's fair. 
Uh, so let me see. Um, now we get to Blake and Tiffany's coffee date. Woo! Um, yeah, I said this before, but I really like Tiffany. Um, I feel like Blake does give her some good advice in this section. I think it's interesting because, like, he seems somewhat wise and well put together when he's talking to her, but I think that he kind of thinks of himself as a hot mess, and I think that I think of him as kind of a hot mess, but that might just be that this past week or for this past week he's been a hot mess and yeah. um a lot of the background details are like that we have is like Blake on the street and like Blake whatever like the Blake living in his apartment and doing work for his friends and whatever like that's not a Blake that I have very clearly laid out in my mind mm-hmm. um but I'm just I'm really curious as to how other people perceive Blake um, because I don't think he's good at perceiving himself. Um, I think sometimes maybe he's too hard on himself and then sometimes he's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like he did a really, I mean, he was coming across pretty smooth and pretty like, uh, he's doing a good job talking and talking to Tiffany. Um, mm-hmm. I like her too. I'm like, girl, like gotta bump up your confidence a little bit um, well, I, which... yeah i'm really curious as to her backstory um i think that for some reason we were introduced to her i got the impression that she was like from a wealthy and abusive and like very sheltered family mm-hmm. but like that seems wrong because she was like oh my family couldn't aff- like i never thought i'd come to university we couldn't afford it yeah. and then she talks about like violence being a really big part of her background so i think that like abuse was still probably a factor yeah. um but also like this is her first date like i i'm curious mm-hmm. as to all of this stuff i guess um because it seems like because she was also she was talking to some dude um when she saw blake it it seems to me I mean, a lot of people don't really go on their first date until college or whatever. Like, there's a lot of people who um, don't do that for whatever Mm -hmm. reasons. But I'm just, I feel like if this is more of a, she has experienced trauma and hasn't been able to live freely. I don't know. I'm curious. Yeah. Um, Because I think the thing that really... um, yeah, I think the thing that really like cements for me how much I like her and also makes me think a little bit less of Blake is like how she responds um later after they leave. Um because like I mean, I don't know if we want to just like jump to this in my notes or if you wanted to go more in order. Um I have no idea where you're going. I want to go to where so. she says maybe. Oh, okay. Um, we can't, I, I wanted to talk about what you put in the notes about the labels and stuff as well. Um, but. Right. Well, I think I put it kind of in both of those spots. Um, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So I think that like the thing that really, well, I thought like, oh, Tiffany's really cute and this is really fun. But when Tiffany, when he asked Tiffany out again and she says, maybe like that really cemented like, oh, I really like her. And that was really bold of her and, like, really great. And she, like, calls Blake on a lot of his bullshit 
because like she has he i think he's been kind but he also has been like looking at her as a pet project right he's been looking down on her and like oh like let me give you a whole bunch of advice like let me talk about myself like let me talk about all the dates i've had like let me talk about all this stuff but then also like let me you know tell you what's up Mm -hmm. um and i think maybe she appreciated some of that and you know that that was kind of fine but i think that when she's like hey like you have to promise well the first promise of like don't like i'm like forgive this for turning into a therapy session like i don't think she wants that sort of relationship which is good like you should not date someone who is your therapist yeah um or who is acting as your therapist um you should be more like partners yes um but also like when she's like don't turn me into a label i was like fuck yeah tiffany (laughs) (laughs) because it was it was reading it through it it was funny it was like oh yeah like the singer and the whatever and the whatever like it was an easy kind of shorthand way to think about those dates and situations and whatever, but it was also like super reductive. Um, And I think Tiffany saying maybe and saying like, don't put a label on me was a moment of like, hype. Like I'm a real person. Um, Like I, it's interesting that Alexis keeps trying to get him together with different people because she doesn't seem to want to be with Blake, possibly in pursuit of getting Blake to move on and be with someone else. It's um, weird that she mentioned a threesome, though. Yeah, we just we. Yeah. Uh, it's just like a, <laughs> not a good move, bro. Like, it was, oh god, like that's that's pretty. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, but it was just like. I think that this was a really great moment for Tiffany. But also I think that Tiffany. I think that Blake misread and misunderstood her. Um, He kept talking about how shy she was and kept talking about like, you know, oh, she keeps looking down. Oh, she keeps whatever, whatever. But she like left the person she was with, walked across the quad and started talking to him. And she like in this moment calls him out without i mean she's not a dick about it but she doesn't say oh yes i'd love another date blake Mm -hmm. which you know and she's not like she's like she's not like oh um it really um i don't um it really upset me um it was just like oh don't turn me into a label like it was like fuck yeah like i don't know i really enjoy her and i didn't think she'd necessarily be a part of the story um but i think that she reminds blake that people are more complicated Mm -hmm. and also like has helped him maybe not look down on her as much um her kind of asserting herself like this helps put her on equal footing with blake um in his mind in a way she shouldn't have necessarily had to do but yeah i mean i to be fair she was introduced to blake as like oh this is my new project who we should sleep with to help her heal her trauma um what a terrible idea right and so that's not exactly like putting her in the mind whereas like with tiffany it was probably like oh here's my friend blake isn't he super hot like look at this picture 
Um, <laughs> where, yeah. And then with Blake, it's like, oh, maybe sleep with this girl because she needs our help. Um, so that is like a very different emotional place to, anyway, approach yeah, this relationship from. Yeah, and I mean, from. just also like, I mean, I totally agree with what you're saying and like in terms of like, um, it's super awesome. Obviously, she said like maybe and brought up the label thing and everything and it did show that she's um, and what you were saying about like her going over and talking to him and stuff like that. But there were a lot of ways that interaction was going to pretty much like was like a giant sign that was like, I have no confidence in myself. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. besides just body language, but like her in particular, like being like, uh, like the, when they were talking about the painting that he bought from her and she was like, oh, you paid too much for it. He's like, I think it was worth more, blah, blah, blah. But then and then he was like, oh, like, you know, everybody liked it. And she's like, oh, like, did he actually like it? And then he was mm-hmm. like, yeah, well, I mean, everybody at the party, like, you know, they, t- they told him it was really good. And then she's like, okay, so he didn't, did he actually, he didn't really like it then. And then he was like, quiet, because he was like looking at stuff and she's like, oh, like, did he, did he really not like it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's true. That would, That's true. There's, I mean, so I mean, like, you have a point for sure, and I agree, but like, it's not like she's just this secret brim of like secret person brimming with like confidence that she's just hiding you know like yeah yeah yeah. like he did have some uh valid reasons for like how he was approaching i feel like the conversations and everything um i felt yeah you know no i agree yeah but um yeah i'm glad that she said that at the end because it did like kind of yeah i was kind of just like oh like i'm not just a shy meek little person you know like i'm more than just that mm-hmm. yeah i feel like if i was on a first like if a guy had asked me out we went to coffee like at this age and stage of my life um and he had been you know like like i don't know that i would have realized that he like talked a lot about himself the whole time and didn't necessarily ask me many questions and i don't know that mm-hmm. i would have noticed um like it would just been like oh this really hot guy who like asked me out again i'm pretty sure i would have just been like yeah definitely yeah and giggled and walked away um and so i just i think that like comparing it to how i imagine myself to have been in this situation i'm just like very proud of her <laughs> No, that's fair. Um, yeah. Yeah. She did she did good. She did good. Um, um I feel also, like he Oh I I was just I honestly feel like he did pretty good too for with all the shit happening like around. Yeah, him. no. I think that it was a nice date other than like the fight or whatever. Um yeah. <laughs> and I think that like I mean I think I would have said yes, you know. Um, like, I think that, like, Tiffany, I mean, like, it sucks because if Blake continues down the road of the Diabolus life, um, less dates, she, yeah, like, <laughs> like, it seems like they actually could potentially be kind of good for each other. Um, but yeah, you think that'd be a deal breaker? <laughs> well, I, I just think she's gonna become a bad person like i think that like anyone who i i know i was kind of kidding i was like if if he, if he was like hey <laughs> like this is going really great but i gotta tell you um i do magic with demon shit 
You know, how would that fucking go over? See, see, yeah, the Tiffany at, toward the beginning of this chapter, I was like, maybe she'd be like, that's fine. Or like, you know, but like, no, Tiffany would be like, bye. <laughs> Like, uh, you're cute, Boy, but bye. not that cute, man. I don't think anyone's that cute. <laughs> but the kiss thing at the end was very cute. Mm-hmm. That was very smooth and adorable. That was uh, cute. Yeah. I like it. So then he basically has to say peace out and go back home to prepare for the potential binding, depending on what the imp says. Rose still is MIA, which is a bummer. Yeah, it took me probably longer than it should have to actually get worried about Rose. I think we've started a decent number of chapters where, like, Rose wasn't there for one reason or another. She was, you know, getting the books from the house, or she was, you know, in another place, or she, you know, like, with Laird, she didn't show up for a while, and with, um, like, the first time when they went to get coffee, um, and different things like that, I think I kind of, like, didn't start to get concerned fast enough. Mm-hmm. Um, But this section was a really interesting way of, like, following Blake around, watching him prepare, watching him try to calm himself down, watching him, like, increasingly freak out, Um, really built the tension in a really yeah. good way. Um, cause when he finally is like, you know, Rose Thorburn, I summon you or whatever, and she doesn't show up, I was like, oh, fuck. And I think rating pale and thinking about Miss really solidified how, like, I think it was more of a big deal for me knowing how big of a deal, like, names and calling people are in, from pale. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. cause I feel like we haven't seen Blake, like, we've seen Blake's glamour crack when Maggie said his name or whatever, but we haven't seen like, like I, I like the Kenneteers can call each other and like get each other's attention, you know? Um, and so I think for me, like the fact that she couldn't come or whatever, like that was really intense. Yeah. 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 Um, his prep is pretty funny. The, I wonder if he looks ridiculous with like the bleach lines all over himself. Um, I liked that. I, I'm often not very good at understanding why Wild Bo is doing certain things. So even though on the second read, it felt a little heavy handy where it was like pork chops are part of a nutritious meal. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, thanks for spelling this out. Like, yeah, like bleach, like bleach is pure. Okay. Yeah. Like straight lines. Cause the chaos. Cool. Um, <laughs> and I kind of liked. The tie felt dorky, but I was also like, lol, this is good. I wonder if those were in in when this book was written. It, they probably were. It, although it feels a little bit old. Anyway, um, <laughs> it was pretty... This feels like... This feels like Blake's uniform, kind of. Like, his outfit. Like, I feel like this might be the outfit that people do fan art of him in. Is, like, blonde hair, like, red tie jacket and shirt with like lines all over it um maybe like rolled up with tattoos somehow you got to get the tattoos in there but i yeah i kind of feel like this was a very like i don't know this was an outfit random question just based on what you just said 
Because um, looking at how many arcs there are, we're still like, have got a ways to go through the story. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had to hypothesize, and I know this is not a fair question, <laughs> what would be, like, what do you think fan art of Blake at the end of the story is going to look like? <laughs> I just hit myself in the tooth with my microphone. Okay. Um <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of imagining like, like, like really haunted, like looks on his face, like bags under his eyes. Um, I'm picturing like very tattered or like ripped clothes with his like with very incredibly pale skin and like bright red tattoos. Um, mm. and yeah, just like things are not going to go well for Blake. <laughs> okay. This could that could be a fun question to come back to later on as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Yeah, but it I was so mad when he finally was like, "Okay, I'll read some of this stupid Black Lambs shit." And then it's like not even fucking helpful even a little bit. I was like, "This is such bullshit. Like, why are you going to give this like like I guess that it's just like stupid propaganda or whatever, but like why don't you at least give him some like possibly useful information i mean i guess like that would be like they need to exact a price for potentially useful information but it was just like this is so dumb like i'm so mad (laughs) Uh, man so (laughs) he ends up leaving goes to the dowdy house I feel like I didn't spell it's that right. such a funny name. I don't know how else yeah. to pronounce it. I really love it. So. <laughs> the Doughty House. Doughty House. Um, I'm going to... I still... I, I can't... I know they wrote down his name, like how it's pronounced. I swear I think it's Poos. So I'm going to say Poos. So Poos is not surprised that Blake is by himself. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, so my second read, I was like, wait, you got you got to the outside of the house, and then you took a piece of paper or something, and a pen, and the, a tome, which I'm assuming is the Black Lamb's blood, out of your backpack, and then you fucking throw your backpack? Like, what is going on? <laughs> but I guess he didn't, like, prep his backpack with, like, the bleach or something? Um, mm. That was my only possible... That was the only thing that made sense at all. Um, also this house is gross I feel bad for that man I feel bad for these animals I feel bad for everyone within you know a mile radius I just feel bad yeah it's pretty jacked up right yeah Um, I also feel like I guessed well okay there is a chance that it wasn't actually Pows, who's who stole Rose or whatever? I'm pretty sure that it was because she wasn't like, "Hi, don't hurt me," and he's like, "Hey, hey, hey, you're alone." Um, but part of me is like, "Oh, maybe conquest yanked her chain or whatever." Um, for reasons. Um, but anyway, I I kind of figured that like, oh, I bet the demon fucking took her. <laughs> I think around the time he like calls for her and she doesn't come. Um and so this wasn't 
I mean, this was a mean cliffhanger. Sometimes I want you to explain, like, how you pick the chapters for me to read. <laughs> if it's literally just, like, you try to make me read two. Because I'm okay with just reading one sometimes if I don't have to feel these feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the date went really nicely together, but man. Okay, but you have to understand. I, I know how it feels, but, like, um, it's sometimes better to be left on a cliffhanger <laughs> like that because then we get fun things like predictions and like instead of you immediately being like oh that's what happened then you get to be like oh this is what I think is going on that's true um, and the I good just thing feel is- like there was like there was some chapter early on where you like didn't leave me on a cliffhanger and I was like wow that's really nice Jenny's not gonna do that to me <laughs> um no a lot of it is like if two chapters go well together i'll just be like you can read both of those that works um if it ends up being on a cliffhanger then it's kind of a bonus for me in fact if it's going to be a really good cliffhanger i'm probably more likely to just be like read just this one (laughs) but no i mean but yeah i'll if if they go well together at least um I mean, the good thing is, as soon as we're done recording, you can start reading again. <sighs> Whether you decide you want to or not, based on how it seems this chapter is going to go, um, since it's getting late tonight. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so it's super gross. Poozy poo is like, <laughs> yeah, I kind of figured that, uh, you're gonna be by yourself, bruh. Yeah, he sucks. It's also just like, I mean, so we're at the end of this arc. We'll be a quarter done with the story, and I have to keep reminding myself of that because I'm keep being like, oh, sixteen arcs, like that's so short compared to other Wild Bill works, which, like, you know, it's not Worm, but it's still like sizable. Um, uh-huh. and because I keep thinking like. Oh, we gotta fucking get back to Jacob's Bell. Like, we gotta, like, where's Paige? Like, where's, like, all this other shit that I thought was happening in this story? Um, But we're gonna get there, probably. And, like, I feel like they're spending a chunk of time setting up how gross and scary this imp is. Because this is a pathetic sign of things to come. Like, we got, like, Barbatorum, who's, like, locked in a circle. And then we get, like, this imp, right? Who's not even a real demon. And we're just going to slowly rank up until, like, all of Canada is on fire. And and Pale is in an alternate timeline where everyone's memories have been erased. Or this is one of... Ted. Oh, my God. What if Ted Haven shows up at the end of this story and he's just like, Oh, fuck, man. Let's redo this timeline. That'd be pretty crazy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that would be crazy. That'd be pretty crazy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, So yeah, like, yeah, especially with what you just said, like, in terms of an imp, like, it's not even, like, a real demon. It's just, like, a little, it's like, and what Rose was kind of saying, she's like, you're, like, barely even... You're not even on their their radar. 
you don't really want to be because they're like such big bros. Like, you know, and he's doing a lot of bad stuff. Um, so can you fathom like. Well, I'm kind of like, where are they? Um, I mean, maybe like the innocent shield is like super blocking my awareness of anything going on. Um, cause I mean, like, I guess like the goblin thing was like, Blake didn't know about that before. And it seems like he should have. Um, mm-hmm. and like this neighborhood maybe is kind of sequestered or something from most of, uh, this place. Um, but it seems like like maybe demons just normally aren't actually in the world running around um and they're kind of all like in a different realm for the most part and sometimes they're summoned into the world but maybe like cuz it just seems like if there's a whole bunch of demons or even like seven or even like two like you'd kind of be like oh that place like i don't know <laughs> like that place is like natural disaster doesn't even cover it you know like yeah. i yeah i don't know yeah maybe the natural disasters are demon places or demon places i mean like maybe like like the california or australia wildfires it was like a demon got out i feel like <laughs> That's not bad enough. Right. Yeah. But then, like, where are they? I'll just have to see, man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, somebody mentioned... I feel like somebody mentioned... Maybe... I think maybe one of the Winch Hunters um, in the latest Verona chapter, Elise, mentioned demons as being really bad and i was just like lol (laughs) you're right elise yeah maybe y'all should go fight some of those and leave the (laughs) 13 year olds alone (laughs) i guess they'd all probably die instantly but you know yeah and i feel like um in that most recent pale chapter she said something like specifically about like how like oh there's worse things than demons and stuff like that and i was kind of just like i don't think you've actually seen a real demon before (laughs) like maybe you've seen a moat or something or an imp maybe but i don't think you've seen a real demon uh to have that opinion (laughs) so we're gonna do our pale and comparison section of this podcast um it's actually a really good one so props to malia for throwing this out there um we want to compare blake and tiffany's date to lucy and Wallace's date yay yay which one do you think was better first of all lucy and wallace i agree yeah i had to kind of think through what had happened um i mean i think blake and tiffany's date went well um in terms of just like they had fun they're probably gonna see each other again whatever and i think that lucy and wallace's date was maybe more i almost want to say more fraught that sounds super ridiculous considering the fact that blake was like chased down by a bunch of like people who wanted to 
have sex with him and then eat him or whatever, and then, like, there were fights breaking out and <laughs> shit. Um, yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'd do. Um, <laughs> but, like, with Lucy and Wallace, it was more like, 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 the group date aspect really fucked with things, you know? Because, like, if Lucy and Wallace hadn't had the time to, like, sit and talk outside of the movie, I would say that Blake and Tiffany's date was better. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because, like, I think that, like, both these dates were really good for our protagonist, right? Like, they both really helped restore their self and, like, settle them into kind of a normal life and, like, were really nice reaffirming moments or whatever. Yeah. But the, the group aspect really made it hard for Lucy um, with Emerson fucking sucking and um, just all the things that were basically like, was that a microaggression? Like, what's going on? And then, like, she's, like, eavesdropping on the boys and, like, she just was very, like, tense. And fucking Javier or Xavier, however he pronounces his name. Right. uh, Thinking he could beat her in a sword fight, which is hilarious. Oh my god, that was so funny. Yeah, I'm sure that's what you think. And she's just like, you have a right to your opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and so just a lot of that was uh, different. Um, But then, like, with Lucy and Wallace, they were both, like, you know, they both kind of liked each other and both, you know, wanted to go on this date or whatever. Whereas for Blake, it was, like, I'm asking this girl on this date so she doesn't possibly get murdered by these, like, Dionysus Which bros I feel or whatever. Like, you know, is the better option, so. Totally. But it wasn't like, <laughs> oh, we like each other and we're both deciding to, you know, it was just like, oh, fuck, coffee, let's go. Um, yeah. And it was like, oh, I'm seeing you as, like, you know, not an equal yet. I think. Like, yeah. Lucy and Wallace also didn't really ever think about each other or see each other in that way toward the beginning of the story, you know, and, um, you know, made out of the party or whatever, and then, like, started considering each other more, which is interesting, but their relationship seemed more on, like, the same level, whereas, you know, with, like, and Tiffany, it was just like, ah, oh, fuck. Um, it was also a lot shorter, um, and it was a lot more, like, Blake talking, um, which is useful for us as the readers, but hearing Lucy and Wallace both get to talk about each other and themselves and like the experiences they've gone through was really nice. Part of that was like, we really know Lucy really well and I don't need to hear about like aspects of her backstory. Um, I want to see her react to Wallace and um, react to, and like, I want to, I want to learn more about Wallace and I want to see her realize, Oh, Maybe this guy, like, could understand parts of me that other people have a hard time understanding. Like, not perfectly. He will not ever understand what it's like to be black. But he's yeah. understanding, like, um, like he's experienced uh, a lot of, like, difficulties with different things. Um, and has lots of different anxieties about things. Um, whereas with Blake and Tiffany's date was much, it felt much more of a, like, this is a chance for me, the reader, to get to know Blake. And Tiffany's cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, no, I think... Uh, yeah. Hopefully we get to see another Lucy and Wallace date. Um, 
I mean, I'm not going to be super surprised if we don't, because, like, there's a lot of stuff that people are like, oh, I really want to see this. And Wild Bill's probably like, I'm trying to wrap this story up eventually, people. <laughs> I can't put all this stuff in there. <laughs> like, I wonder if, because I wasn't really, I mean, I, I was sporadically current with Ward. Like, I would sometimes catch up and then fall far behind, but I wasn't really part of the community back then. And I'm curious uh-huh. as to, like, I feel like we all just, like, like, we want the the big conflict to wrap up, but I think yeah. we would be very happy if Wild Bo continued to release two chapters about the Kenneteers' lives, like, until we all died. <laughs> like, oh, I'd be stoked. Like, every week. <laughs> the thing is, like, I feel like the commu- the fan base with Ward got, like, really just kind of toxic mm-hmm. towards, I don't know, there was a lot of criticism. Um, some fair, some, well, a lot of it pretty nitpicky in my opinion um Mm. just about where the story was going and stuff like that and certain things people didn't like um and i think that that really like i feel like for that reason i was kind of glad when it was over and we could kind of move on i mean i was kind of sad because i liked i really liked the story um but it you could tell it was kind of uh you could, I, in my opinion, I feel like you could kind of tell the strain in the writing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like this story, you can tell he's having, um, at least it seems like he's having a lot better time writing it. Um, and um, that really, it just really shows. Um, so, yeah, this one I could, I'd be totally happy with it going on for ever. <laughs> <laughs> um i mean maybe not like forever ever you know but i'd be happy with this going on for a long time um yeah i'm i'm kind of glad that i wasn't that clicked into the fan community because i find that other people's opinions really can sour things for me um yeah and i i liked ward um but pale's just so Wonderful. So good. Scott, <laughs> read the stinking story. I'm calling you out because this is ridiculous. Read Scott, it. <laughs> like, what? You have a, a baby at home you need to pay attention to? Is that your excuse? <laughs> read, um, like, just read a chapter a week. You don't even have to catch up. Just <laughs> race, my, race our mom. That's your challenge. I mean, and to be fair, like with how she's doing, like, I mean, she's really busy with stuff because she just fills her <laughs> schedule up. Um, it should not be that hard of a challenge <laughs> for you. Every time I talk to her, I'm like, Mom, have you read? Mom, Mom, have you read? She's like, No. <laughs> and it's funny because after we're done recording and stuff, she's like, Man, I can't wait to start reading again. This is such a good story. And then she'll like just get so bogged down by all her craft stuff. She does a lot of craftiness things. <laughs> As y'all know. As y'all know. Yes. But yeah. Right, but anyway, <laughs> tangent aside, we're going to move on to Malia's bold and specific prediction. Woo! Woo! All right. So I have a feeling um, you're going to address something with Rose since she like went AWOL. Yeah, I mean, okay. I was thinking that a good bold and specific prediction would be that it wasn't Pooh's that 
dragged Rose off. It was actually Conquest. Because okay. Conquest has the chain or whatever. I don't know that I really believe that. But I feel like... It'd get me good points if I was right. Um, <laughs> but I okay. think it's... It's probably more likely that Pooh's took her somehow. Um, but so Conquest Con- has the easier route that we know of. True. So if Conquest did take her, why does Pooh's know that she's right. not going to show up? So a bad scenario... Because part of me is like, okay, he has to get Pooh's because we have to do the other two ones because the story has to keep going and we can't keep going back to Conquest because my god... Um, but the bad version of this is that Poos went to Conquest and was like, hello, sir. Mm. They're trying to fuck you up. And together, we can fuck them up. Mm. Um, okay. Interesting. Again, I don't really know that I actually buy this at all, but it's bold and specific. It's bold and specific, and that's really all we <laughs> aim for. Uh, <laughs> That's our standard here on Pale in Comparison. <laughs> um, I also, I don't know, I'm just like itching to see Paige. And like, I th- I was like, oh, fuck the North End. Like, I'm just like, I'm really itching for some things. So my my theory, because I'm like, I'm like pretty positive that Paige is going to come back into the story. Um, and so I feel like a bold and specific prediction that is probably not correct is that Blake is going to run into Paige in Toronto. <laughs> Because we doesn't seem like we're leaving Toronto, um, mm. which Toronto is a very wonderful city in real life that you should all go to. But in this story, I'm just like, I want to leave. Like, <laughs> I want to go back to Jacob's I go Bell. Back to Jacob's Bell. Um, all right. Those are the those are my two. <laughs> I like it. Okay. All right, we're going to talk about last week's discussion question, which was basically recommend a board game to us. Also, um, you can let us know about a board game that reminds you of Conquest. So our first person is Tizarat. Um, they talk about the Discworld Ankh Morpork board game. Which I don't know if I pronounced that right, but it's probably as close as it's going to get. <laughs> so um, they're saying that it's a board game of coup and claim. Um, there are five different win conditions, which are randomly assigned at the start. Um, sounds like the game involves trying to conquer the city without anyone else working out what the conditions for your victory are. Or if they do find out what they are, make sure that they're unable to stop you anyway. So that kind of that sounds like a pretty fun board game, and it does sound Conquest-esque. For yeah, sure. that sounds amazing. I love Discworld, um, and it makes yeah, me very was- happy. I probably should have just let you read that one. That's <laughs> like this game sounds so fucking good. Um, yes, and see, you should read this one because Captain Rhino recommends Betrayal at House on the Hill. Fuck yeah! <laughs> um, I almost want to say we talked about this last time, but we maybe talked we'd... about it on the Doof and Chill. Oh, okay. Um, well, spoiler alert. We knew about this game, and I totally agree, because it's awesome. Yes. Yes. Um, basically, it's a game where you're kind of, like, exploring a haunted house, and you build the house as you go. Like, every time you go through a room, you discover what that... Or go through a doorway, you discover what that room is. Um, and eventually, you trigger, 
the haunt, which is kind of like the end of the game. And mm-hmm. um, the funny thing is, pretty much every time we've played it, because uh, when the haunt with the haunt, you sh- like apparently it's not all the time, but most or a lot of the time, one of the players ends up being like the traitor, and it kind of like puts that player against everyone else. But I think sometimes you can have like no traitor or have different things. I have always been the traitor. Every single time. Every single time. Like, we've, every played. time we've freaking played this game. Um, it's always a different a different traitor-y thing. But right, sometimes it's like the person to the left of the haunt per- triggerer person. And sometimes it's, you know, like it's always, or sometimes it's like the oldest. Like it's always just some random thing. And it's, it's always, always random, but it's always me. It's always me. And yeah. I usually win, which is yeah. fantastic. Cheap. Because also a lot of the time, I don't realize, I mean... <laughs> A lot of the time when we're playing this, um, like it'll I'll act like I have some really good strategy, but really like I haven't really figured out what a good strategy is until like partway through, and then I'm like, oh crap, I should have been doing this the whole time. To win. <laughs> but I still usually win anyway. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, it's a wonderful game. <laughs> I gotta work on my evil laugh as the traitor. Um, okay, mine was. <laughs> that's yeah that's that's why you're not the traitor malia that's yeah. that's not a the universe knows <laughs> yeah no that's not that's not it i'm sorry that's fair but captain rhino fantastic choice and highly recommend that game yeah. and if we ever get a like an excuse to play betrayal at house in the hill on this podcast or on any podcast um i'm gonna be pretty stoked because i get to be the traitor again unless it's not <laughs> that would be funny if like the first time <laughs> i am not the traitor is uh it's live on, on the internet yeah Woo-hoo. exactly <laughs> all right mr cogs um next uh talks about cosmic encounter um he says it fits conquest since the default victory in the game is military um he says the game is more wormy than Pacti. Um, so I guess each player gets a card with an alien species hmm. and each species has, why did you say, oh, like it's cute. Oh, that was a, that was a hmm sound. Oh, it sounded like you're like, oh, like oh, alien species. That I was, was supposed like, to be a thoughtful noise. Sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> well, audience members, hmm. you could let us know which hmm. one you thought she was saying. Cause to me, it sounded like a cute noise. Anyway, um, so each player gets a card with an alien species. Each species has a power that changes the game in some way and can be used throughout the game, uh, which sounds pretty fun. That does kind of sound a little more wormy, I'd mm-hmm. say, just from that. Mm-hmm. Suddenly Upside Down, which is a really fun username. It um, is fun. Recommends Root. Um, it's a game where each player controls a faction of a Redwall-esque woodland creatures. Um, who are vying for domination in a fashion unique to their species. So, like, cats start dominating the board, and they have a careful balancing act trying to keep everyone else down. Birds slowly try to rebuild their rebuild their broken empire back up and reclaim the forest. Um, and there's cool expansions that let you play as otters and opossums. So, that's fun. Woo-hoo! Yeah, it sounds pretty fun. Um, um, by the way, a lot of these... Uh, descriptions had a were a lot more descriptive <laughs> on the reddit post and they were really good 
but frankly, it's a lot. So um, I do recommend you guys going to our Reddit post um, and mm-hmm, just looking mm-hmm. at these games if they sound interesting, um, because I'm we're probably not doing it them quite justice, um, especially since all these lovely people spend so much time typing out um, why these games are awesome. So if Definitely. it sounds like we didn't quite finish all of, I don't, we didn't explain it very well. Um, it's probably us trying to like cut it down, condense a little bit, <laughs> condense. That's a good word. Then there you go, condense it. Um, <laughs> next, anyway, um, we've got Beleg Tall, um, who says that they're not very savvy with board games, but they are betting Conquest freaking loves Monopoly. Since it's about crushing your friends into the dust and making everyone miserable in the process, which fair enough, super um, fucking true. Yes, and then I want to say I should have not. Cl- I should have written this down. In fact, hold on, I'm going to double check so I can give this person credit. Um, I think it was Captain Rhino. <laughs> Awkward music. Let's see. Um, it was Captain Rhino. Yes, go memory. Um, they put a comment down below. Beleg Tall's just saying that um, Monopoly has a pretty conquesty origin story. Um, it was shared freely around um, different communities. With a lot of people making contributions to the rule until one dude trademarked it and started making a lot of money out of it. <laughs> what um, dick? <laughs> and um which i did not know that but they also mentioned um which i did hear about this like it originally was um a parable about the evils of unrestricted capitalism as Mm. the point of the game is one person ends up owning everything so it's not supposed to be this like it's just like a very different uh i guess view of the game (laughs) as opposed to like uh what a lot of people have now which is like um yeah i gotta win woohoo um yeah it was a little bit more like teaching the evils of yeah unrestricted capitalism so i thought that was kind of interesting that is interesting i've i'm pretty sure i've never actually finished a game of monopoly it's very long and it usually everyone's just like pissed like three hours in um I also I don't remember being pissed playing Monopoly. I just remember being like, "All right, well, it's been this, it's been long enough. Let's just <laughs> we're gonna just stop." That person's probably you know. gonna win. Yeah, one time it became like an extended World War II metaphor among my friends, um, where three of us, who was I? I was probably the United Kingdom, and then there was oh, and then my friend who loves France was France. And then there was the U S and we had like this, like Alliance sort of a thing against, um, I mean, I don't know that we ever definitively identified anyone as Germany. That seems sus. Somebody was China. There probably was a USSR. I don't know. It was just a weird way of delineating like who we were allied against. Um, and it was pretty dicks, but I, that was the like the only time I had fun playing Monopoly. <laughs> Jenny and I had something called Medical Monopoly, um, which was very unlike Monopoly. There were just a bunch of like faces and windows in the hospital. And I remember I that game being fun. I don't remember that. You don't remember that game? 
No. You like got, you got to... little patience and you checked them in with the little faces in the windows. Hold on. I need to Google this. Maybe it'll jog my memory. I don't uh, remember it being very similar to Monopoly at all. Medical Monopoly. Uh, maybe really vaguely. But I don't remember playing it much. Do we actually play that a lot? Because I, I don't t- remember. I definitely played this. Okay. I'm sort of looking at the board. So there's just like the money has these derpy looking doctors on it. And yeah, they're they're like the little you'd get little squares for people's faces and you'd stick them in the hospital. They're pretty derpy looking, yeah, that's for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. it looks kind of adorable. Um It was real it, fun. I, mean, I feel like I remember looking at the board, but I don't remember p- anything about playing it um <laughs> at all. So okay. That's fair. All right, guys. Well, that's our contribution. Medical Monopoly. Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, my contribution is Mysterium. You should all play it. It's very collaborative and fun, but well, mine also Medical been, Monopoly. Also Medical Monopoly. Mine would have been Betrayal at House on the Hill, but <laughs> Captain Ryan already way ahead of me. So, yeah. yeah, that's. But anyway, we've still we're not done. We still got a couple other people. Right. So, go ahead, Malia. Um, speaking of Beard of Valor suggests or recommends rail baron um which is a game where you roll dice and then you move that many dots along interconnected railroads um you pick the route but you don't pick the destination and as you reach different destinations you can get paid and buy railroads and sometimes you have to pay to travel on other people's railroads or vice versa this sounds kind of like ticket to ride um but not Mm. quite i wonder if they're similar i've never played rail baron I haven't played either one, but I mean, they both sound like train-esque games. Yes, so. they are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next, we've got Violet Faith, um, who mentioned a bunch of, like, let me see, one, two, three, four, five games, um, which I'm going to list for you now. They sound really fun, except that they didn't put any descriptions. But then again... <laughs> I probably wouldn't either if I was listing five games. Uh, but the first one they say is Netrunner. Um, they say it is a two-player game, but it's really, really fun. Um, they also recommend Dominion, Concordia, Lost Cities, and Wingspan. So, so I've heard of, or I've played Dominion. I haven't heard of the rest of these. Ah, uh, it's a deck okay. building game. Dominion's really fun. <laughs> All right. Um, that's about as much as description as the other ones um but <laughs> no um i mean i'm sure if these are getting recommended they're pretty fun so yeah. um probably i mean some of the names just sound kind of uh intriguing to me as well like lost cities i don't know something about concordia just sounds yeah. interesting um totally. for show um and then last but not least, Jeff recommends Clash of Cultures, which is a civ building game. Um, they said that it usually devolves to everyone declaring war and trying to burn down everyone else in the last few rounds to like achieve so like, Monopoly. Oh. like Monopoly. Like Monopoly. Sort of. <laughs> um, so then apparently there's a later edition of the game that kind of um, mitigates this somewhat, maybe introduces different um, win conditions or something. Um, and then they also recommend Cosmic Encounter. Um, they think it's conquesty and light and goofy. All right. So, so Mr. Cogs also recommended that one. So yeah. Woo-hoo. So two like, for Cosmic Encounter. <laughs> two for Cosmic Encounter. 
Um, yeah, for the most part, we have some pretty diverse recommendations. So thanks, mm-hmm. guys. We're going to have to look this stuff up. Although, I mean, board games are pretty expensive nowadays. So, yeah. <coughs> excuse me. I don't know how, I don't know if we're going to be buying these right off the bat, but, um, but that we're definitely going to look into some of these. Game. My God. I need What it. was that? <laughs> the Ankh-Morpork Port game. Yeah, that just sounds like. That just sounds like something you would need. (laughs) Anyway, thanks, y'all. Thank you, guys. So now we're going to go on to our discussion question for the week. Um, Basically, we want to know what label might you have based on a relatively short interaction slash relationship? It doesn't have to be a bad label. It can. But I feel like this has similar vibes to the like, you know how like. Like Jenny told the story about the guy who did karate in the middle of the road and stuff mm, and was talking about dragons. Karate guy. Right. Yeah. Like that guy has a full life. Like that guy's a whole person. And yet to one person slash couple people, he's like the karate guy. So yes. maybe this is like a, not necessarily like, Oh, my ex is toxic and bad. This could just be like one time I, you know, spilled my coffee at Starbucks and then was handed another coffee and then immediately dropped it. And I'm sure everyone told people about that that happened or something like that, you know? Like the clumsy coffee guy. Yeah. Or if you can remember doing something that like, oh, like without context, this sounds really fucking weird. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, I was at the grocery store and or like I went to Home Depot or let's say Walmart because they have a lot of shit at Walmart. And I bought a hatchet because I was going to cut down some plants in my backyard and I was out of trash bags and I actually was out of <laughs> duct tape too um, but I also needed some like lotion and some tissues because I ran out of those um, you know just like some weird stuff be like oh I was the creepy serial killer guy to that cashier you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh I'm trying to think of one for myself, but uh, I don't know why this just I just got reminded of the story Um, because I'm like, shoot, if they heard, they're probably just like, oh, I don't know. Um, Either that or I'm just thinking of it as like the Santa Claus story. Um, So this is a really cringeworthy moment for me, but it's kind of hilarious. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure I told you this before, Malia, but basically um, when I was... (laughs) The first uh, unit um, that I was a nurse on, um, I worked med surge, and we have these medication rooms where we can go back, like, has our medication machine, like, you have to um, unlock the door, like, with the code and go in, and um, besides pulling medicine, it can sometimes be, like, a place for people to just kind of, like, take a step away from patients and just be like, ah, like, I'm so tired from today, or, like, you know ranch or whatever um it's kind of nice it's a little private room um with medication so um (laughs) i was at the nurse's station really close to this medication door thing um but i was just like kind of goofing around um with some of my colleagues i think we're having like not a super rough day that day and just kind of joking around um i think it was sometime in the winter and i swear I heard what sounded like jingle bells, like coming down the hall. And so I was like, (laughs) you know, so I was, I mean, in my head, I was just like, oh, maybe like somebody has just got something for the Christmas spirit or whatever. But I was like, kind of 
jokey and stuff. And I was like, is that Santa Claus? And I said this relatively loudly. Um, around the corner comes one of my patients who was an inmate. And it was handcuffs. <laughs> it was jingling. <laughs> she was walking with a guard. And I immediately, I don't think I've ever unlocked the med room so fast. And I hid. do that before i don't think so <laughs> really so oh cool. i was so embarrassed i was just like i'm gonna hide here and then like my like co-workers were like really laughing at me because they're like you're oh, such an idiot <laughs> is that jingle bells nope it is not <laughs> so it's horrible yeah so i don't know what label would you give me if you were uh, as either that or like or like this the the silly, like, I don't know, the ignorant nurse, or I just think of it as like the Santa Claus story to me. Yeah, the, that's, that's the label the I put on with it. The holiday spirit. The, yeah, the holiday, this, yeah, Christmas. the ignoramus with the holiday spirit. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I mean, it's fine. I'm just was like, oh, Lord. Like, uh, I mean, I know that she had to have heard me, but I just keep hoping inside. Maybe, <laughs> maybe she, she didn't just, connect it. Maybe she didn't connect it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe she didn't connect that. Oh God. Um. So, yeah, mine isn't like a full fun story necessarily. Oh, I have a little story. Um, but so I um, as y'all might know. Um, have like a pretty infectious laugh and sometimes I'm self-conscious about it when it's pointed out because I know that a lot of people might find my laugh annoying um, though no one has ever told me that they're so wrong if they because it's it's great laugh oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I in uh, my constitutional law class um, I think my professor is pretty funny he um, I don't know he just has this like I don't know, sense of humor that kind of clicks with me and stuff. And he's very like self-deprecating and a lot of stuff. Um, and I sat in the front um, in part because uh, I have bad vision and had a hard time seeing the PowerPoints or whatever. But um, so I would just like giggle a lot and like answer his questions without raising my hand when I could tell that he just wanted somebody to say one word and then move on a lot. And I was just like very obnoxious in general. Um <laughs> And I feel like a lot of my, the people in my section were like, oh, that, that fucking girl. Um, so I don't know if it's just like, uh, the girl who is a suck up in Vladik's class, or if it was like the girl with the laugh or like what. Um, but sometimes people would tell me that like when I laughed in that class, it would like help everyone else to start laughing, which is a thing that my yeah. laugh does sometimes. Um, so, like, the girl with the laugh, I think, might be, like, a label that I have. Um, but one time I was in my law school and I was down the hall um, from the classroom or whatever uh, near a water fountain, kind of around a corner. And um, somebody in my class comes around the corner. And we all we all know each other, but, like, I don't know him particularly well. Um, but he kind of, like, pops his head around the corner and he was like, I knew that was you. I heard your laugh from down the hallway. <laughs> and I was just like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible but it was That's great awesome 
Yeah, he was. No, nice you it. have a you have a great laugh, and that's one of the good <laughs> things about this podcast. Because even if I say something that the listener might not think is funny, as long as you think it's funny enough to laugh, then they'll probably laugh at it. So it's kind of a cheat code. It's perfect. <laughs> oh, thanks. Oh, thank you. That's funny. All right. Well, give us your labels, um, and and remember <laughs> that you are a full and complete person, despite right. your label. Despite like your Tiffany. label or your laugh or your Christmas spirit, you are a full person. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed this episode, you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and leave a rating and review. To support our podcast, go to patreon.com slash doofmedia. You can also check out our website at doofmedia.com to learn about all the cool shows on the Doof Network. If you'd like to support Wild Bo as he continues to write fantastic stories, Go to patreon.com slash wildbow. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Pale Comparison or send us an email at paleincomparisonpod at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for our Reddit thread in r slash parahumans where you can answer our discussion question and share your thoughts on this episode. Also, why is it r slash parahumans? Can we like petition to make it r slash wildbow? Like, this is other verse. And twig verse erasure. And I don't I mean, appreciate it. To be fair, I'm pretty sure Wild Bo came up with that like subreddit himself. So Wild Bo. Why? Don't be <laughs> such a hater. <laughs> You're gonna make everything more complicated. It's fine. I'm sorry, never mind. It's fine. You get, you're, Everyone you're understands fine. that that's where you go for the sweet other verse <laughs> content. Yes. It's it's the Wild Bo Reddit thread. Ease. essentially which is pretty sweet yes um well in addition to that if you'd like to see all of my predictions laid out check out our episode description for a link to a prediction tracker and i actually have a christmas themed fun fact again Lol. which i'm pretty sure i've had that before but buckle up guys okay i did not actually do that on purpose based <laughs> on that story but it just kind of works out um in japan many families order kfc for christmas dinner apparently it's due to a very successful marketing campaign from like the 70s i think (laughs) traditions traditions they like played some song like like was it like my kentucky home or something like that um that's definitely not a christmas carol but like apparently they did it so well people just assumed it was like a traditional american christmas song or something (laughs) that's probably not the name of that song but uh kentucky something anyway (laughs) um that's my fact and that's our podcast so have a good week everybody bye bye